0: Hey, y'all, and welcome back to Native Soil. It is season six. It is hard to believe, but we are back at it, ready to dig in for another season here in the Archdiocese of Mobile. And this season, we are tackling the lay apostolate. What is the role of the laity in the church? What is the role of the laity in the Archdiocese of Mobile? We have a number of people from around the diocese, Lined up to come and share about how the Holy Spirit has inspired them to dig in and to be part of renewing uh, our native soil. I'm really excited about this season. You know, so much of the, the whole concept of this podcast of native soil is this challenge to everyone listening, priest, religious, lay alike, to consider how does God want to work in our life to bring renewal to our native soil? And so to kick off this season, I want to reflect on a document written by Pope Saint John Paul II called uh, make sure I get it right here, Christi Fidelis Leici, which uh it translates to Christ's faithful people, uh, and and the lady. And in this document, um, John Paul II is is it's a post synodal apostolic exhortation. So it means it's, it was after a synod that was in 1987, and this synod uh, happened 20 years after the Second Vatican Council, reflecting on the mission and vocation of lay people in the church. So kind of 20 years after the council, all the bishops of the world came together and said, okay, let's, let's put our heads together and let's try to flesh this out a little bit more. Because that was such a central idea to the Second Vatican Council. It had always been a teaching of the church, but there was this renewed emphasis in the Second Vatican, Council, Second Vatican Council of the universal call to holiness, that everyone in the church is called to holiness, is called to sainthood, is called to be a saint with God in heaven forever, and to live profound and heroic lives of grace and virtue uh, here on earth, to be part Of the church's sanctifying mission in the world. And so, one of the basic ideas of that as well was that our fundamental identity as Christians, kind of the great equalizer of our dignity and our identity, was the fact that we're baptized. That through baptism, the grace of the Holy Spirit washes us free from original sin, bridges that gap between us and God, but incorporates us mystically into the life of Jesus Christ such that we actually become the body of Christ. And so um, there was this kind of this reawakening of that idea in the Church of the Second Vatican Council. And so 20 years later, 1987, all the bishops of the world come together to kind of flesh that idea out. And so after a lot of robust prayer and discussions, John Paul II writes this letter to the Universal Church called Christi Fidelis Laici, And it's on the vocation and the mission of the lay faithful in the church and in the world. And uh, they they really look to a parable in Matthew as kind of the fundamental text to flesh all this out. So I want to kind of proclaim that gospel and then reflect on a couple aspects of it with you, just to kind of orient our understanding and vision of, you know, what is the lay apostolate? What is the mission role of the lady in the church? So um, this comes from Matthew chapter 20. And so listen to this reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out at dawn to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with them for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. Going out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, you too go into my vineyard and I will give you what is just. So they went off and he went out again around noon and around three o'clock and did likewise. Going out about five o'clock, he found others standing around and said to them, why do you stand here idle all day? They answered because no one has hired us. He said to them, you too go into my vineyard. When it was evening, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, summon the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and ending with the first. When those who had started about five o'clock came, each received the usual daily wage. So when the first came, they thought that they would receive more, but each of them also got the usual daily wage. And on receiving it, they grumbled against the landowner saying, these last ones worked only one hour. And you have made them equal to us who bore the day's burden and the heat. He said to one of them in reply, My friend, I am not cheating you. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what is yours and go. What if I wish to give the last one the same as you? Or am I not free to do as I wish with my own money? Are you envious because I am generous? Thus the last will be first and the first will be last. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So there's a lot going on in this uh, parable here, but the key words that the um, the synod fathers, the bishops really honed in were these words here, and you too go into the vineyard. There's all these different junctures in the parable in which um, they're going out and they're finding people standing idle. And they're kind of confronting them and saying, why are you not doing something? Well, we haven't been fi- hired, or we we have nothing to do. And every time, you know, he's approaching these people, and in the mind of the bishops, these, these people in the parable represent everybody, all of the baptized, men, women, children, young people, young adults, old people. And, and so Jesus kind of in a very special way, no, you too go into the vineyard. You too go into the vineyard and be part of The Father's work be part of the Master's work, and so this they see as kind of a a parable, which brings us into this logic of the lay apostolate. That it's not we've reflected on this in, in this podcast before. It's it's not does God want to use you? It's just how how does God want to use you to bring renewal to our native soil? The other interesting thing uh, about this parable is throughout all of scripture, the vineyard is something that the Holy Spirit brings up in the Old Testament through several of the prophets to represent God's chosen people. So for example, in Jeremiah uh, 2.21, you hear him say, I have planted you a choice vine talking about Israel. I've planted you as a choice vine. Uh, in Ezekiel, you hear the Lord uh, speaking through the prophet Ezekiel Your mother was like a vine in a vineyard, transplanted by the water, fruitful and full of branches by reason of abundant water. In Isaiah, you hear God say through the prophet, My beloved had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. He dug it and cleared it of stones and planted it with choice vines. All throughout the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit is using this image of a vineyard as representative of God's chosen people. And as we understand, you know, in, in the people of Israel, God is preparing this special chosen people, which are going to set a foundation for God to expand that vineyard across the whole world. And so um, it's very significant that Jesus in his own preaching... Picks up that same theme of the vineyard in his own preaching. Both in Mark and in Matthew, you see um, him uh, illustrating the kingdom of God as a vineyard. In Mark, he says, "A man planted a vineyard and set a hedge around it and dug a pit for the wine press, built a tower, and let it out to tenants, and went into another country." And we know how this parable—you know—he leaves, he 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 puts them in charge of it, but while they're away, they kind of get greedy and they say, "Well." we, this is ours now, you know? And so they send the servants to check on things and they kill the servants. And then the, he sends his own son and he, they kill their son. So all the more he's, he's, he's making this transition of the vineyard, not just representing Israel, but representing the church, representing this, this expanded people of God. Um, And then perhaps most strikingly, uh, Jesus himself takes this imagery and he, he, he shifts it from, okay, the people of God are this vineyard, and and the, you know they're taking care of this vineyard that has particularly been entrusted to them, and there's all these rocks and weeds that have to be dealt with. But then Jesus himself takes on, he enters into this imagery in the Gospel of John, and he says that, I am the true vine. In John 15, verse 5, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit because without me, you can do nothing. And in that language, he really brings us into a very mystical understanding of our relationship as baptized Christians with Jesus. He says that I am the vine and you are the branches. And we abide in him to such a degree that we are like part of the same organic thing. And the fruit that we produce is the fruit of the vine and the branches, you know, together. And he gives this very striking thing, you know, without me, you know, you can do nothing. So (laughs) on native soil, this gives us a lot to think about. You know, this vineyard, particularly your parish, our archdiocese, uh, as we stand here, and sometimes we can stand idly by, we have to consider uh, Jesus coming to us and saying, "Hey, why are you not involved in the work of caring for this vineyard?" And to be challenged by those words, "You too go into my vineyard. You too go into my vineyard, discover the ways in which the Holy Spirit, you know, wants to work through you." So at, at the same time we're challenged to think about ourselves as the vineyard and to think about ourselves as the the branches on the vine, and Jesus Christ being the uh, vine himself. And this is something that the, the early church fathers talk about. Um, St. Augustine once famously said, let us rejoice and give thanks. We have not only become Christians, but Christ himself. Stand in awe and rejoice. We have become Christ. St. Augustine and so many of the saints have this understanding of, of the intimacy that we as Christians, as the baptized, as those who bear not only his name, but his very life, <laughs> the Holy Spirit runs through our veins more deeply than the blood that runs through our veins. We are called to produce fruit and to be part, to not only be part of the life of Christ, but to embody the life of Christ and to let the life of Christ radiate from us in all that we do to sanctify and cultivate and take care you know, of the vineyard that is in our midst. Um, in this encyclical, um, John Paul II focuses on this idea that the lady of the church bring the life of Christ. It brings those branches into sectors of our world that priests, religious, aren't necessarily always going to be able to reach, Um I quote from—I'm uh, not sure the, the exact number here—but he, he it, it's in the first section of the um, of the document, and he says, referring to the lady, he says they live in ordinary circumstances of family and social life, from which the very fabric of their existence is woven. They are persons who live an ordinary life in the world. They study, they work, they form relationships as friends, professionals, members of society, culture, etc. However, the council considers their condition not simply an external and environmental framework, but as a reality destined to find in Jesus Christ the fullness of its meeting. Every situation in our life, every sector of the world at the social level, political level, economic level, necessarily from a Christian vision will find its fullness of meaning in Jesus Christ. And that encounter with Jesus, you know, Jesus being brought into a situation and giving a chance to illuminate its meaning, to elevate you know what what it is supposed to be in the eyes of of God the father and his design comes to fruition many times in God's plan through the collaboration of lay people people who are technically not priests not ordained or not um part you know vowed to a religious life or religious order as important as they are now the the document does go into some distinctions too about there are distinctions in the body of Christ. There is the pope, there are the bishops, there are priests, and there is a talk about, you know, needing to be kind of work in tandem with one another for lay people to be able to discern their gifts, not just out on their self but to be bringing those to their pastors, to be bringing those to their bishops and discerning the gifts of the Holy Spirit that they've been given together so that there's accountability and so that this vineyard can have a structure and form that survives, you know, the test of time. But all of this language, I really encourage, especially the first chapter of this letter, it really breaks down some of the theology and some of this rich um, symbolism of the vineyard of Jesus calling himself the vine. I really just kind of exhort everyone to a pray with that parable in Matthew chapter twenty, and b to read at least the first chapter of at least the introduction and first chapter of um, this this um, letter by John Paul II, because it really begs the question of how are each of us? Everybody listening to this has some role assigned to them by God in the vineyard that is our native soil. In the vineyard of our family, in the vineyard of our parish, in the vineyard of our archdiocese, there is some role held out for each of us to be part of God sanctifying the world around us, bringing Jesus into the world around us so that every sector of society can reach its fullest meaning. None of us on our own are going to be able to perfect and bring to fruition the fullness of education the fullness of charitable works, the fullness of public life um, outside of Jesus himself, the Word made flesh, you know, the love of God the Father incarnate here on earth, being a part of that. And so um, as we go on this season, we are going to be blessed to hear how different concrete people in different concrete situations have discerned God's call to be part of the lay apostolate. As part of the laity, to um, dig in <laughs> to our native soil and to plant seeds, to take care of the vineyard, to be the the branches connected to the vine, and to bear fruit that will last. Right there um, in that same part of John chapter fifteen are those famous words: "I have not for you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. So go and bear fruit that will last." It is a blessing, it is exciting, it is it is worth contemplating that all of us in this archdiocese as a family as as members of the body of Christ, we've already been chosen by God the Father through Jesus Christ in the unity of the Holy Spirit to do some specific work. Above all a work of loving relationship with Christ. But but that's going to lead us We're all going to be impelled by the Holy Spirit to kind of move into a certain area or move into a certain ministry, or maybe there's something new. Maybe there's some kind of new uh, ministry or new uh, movement of the Holy Spirit that uh, the Lord wants to do within each of us. And two, maybe just as a final thought of when we think about the lay apostolate, we're not simply thinking about formalized ministry. We're thinking about all that we are being united to all that Christ is, and being offered to God the Father. This happens in a most dramatic way at Mass, you know, when we bring the gifts uh, to the altar, you know, gifts of bread and wine. You know, it's not just wheat, and it's not just grapes. Interesting, grapes, fruit of the vine, this whole idea of the, the vineyard and the vine and the fruit of that, it's the fruit of the vine and the work of human hands, and and. Liturgically and spiritually, that's supposed to represent this culminating moment of like all that is our life. Um, you know, our thoughts, our prayers, our study, the conversations we have, the efforts we have to take care of our family, to check on our friends, to to lead in the workplace, to be equitable and fair with uh, people that we deal with in, in the marketplace. All of these things we are bringing before the Lord. Uniting to Jesus the Vine and offering to the Father, you know the Vine Dresser. And and so as we think about the lay apostolate, it's kind of the last kind of point I want to make is it's it's not just formalized ministry. A lot of people we're going to talk to in this um, series are going to be involved in a formalized ministry, but the lay apostolate encompasses more than that. It encompasses the everyday. Circumstances of our lives, the everyday duties, the everyday obligations, our inner monologues, our prayers, you know, all that is kind of our daily life is all meant to be holy. It's all meant to be part of our our relationship with Christ and to be offered to the Father through Jesus and the unity of the Spirit for the sanctification of the world, for the building up of God's kingdom here on earth. You know, that's why we pray in the Lord's Prayer on earth. As it is in heaven, you know, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth, as it is in heaven. And So, as this season develops, I just invite you read that parable with Matthew, Matthew chapter twenty. Read some of this uh, a- a- exhortation from John Paul II, and um, you know, pay more attention, you know, to the Lord's prayer and just be open to the impulse of the Holy Spirit to show you and I a little bit more of how you too are called to go into the vineyard and to be part of God's sanctifying work. We entrust this season to the Blessed Mother. We ask that she helps us to understand how to say yes to God's will, how to bear the fruit that we're supposed to. Just such a great model. All the little things of her life, so many mystics, so many saints have meditated on so many little aspects of our life. Why? Because all of it, every little detail was surrendered to the Lord. And and through that, there was this incredible grace and sanctification, not just for her, not just uh, for her family, but for the whole world. And so we call upon her to kind of lead us through this season in which we particularly look into uh, the lay apostolate. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And through her powerful intercession may we God bless all of you listening. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless y'all and look forward to having you back here with us on Native soil.